Hi, I'm Kristen. And I'm Mike. And we're lost in the Sunnydale stats. This is the Sunnydale Stats, where every other week we immerse ourselves in the world of Sunnydale, California, and review two episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This week, we're dusting off enemies and earshot. Uh, Before we do, though, I do have uh, a very important observation. I'm not sure if you noticed this. I think it really informs both these episodes, um, enemies and earshot. Mm -hmm. Uh, They both start with the letter E. E. Yeah, that's the fifth letter Mm -hmm. of the alphabet. It's very important. It's right between D and F. It is. Yep. It, it's very. It fits very well in there. I'm glad they decided yeah. to put it right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like a lot of episodes will have E's. Sure. Uh, but not usually in the first letter of both titles. It's special. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you know that E is the most commonly used vowel in the alphabet? I did know that from, I think... An Edgar Allan Poe mystery? Oh, really? I know it from Wheel of Fortune. Yes, that helps as well. It's <laughs> kind of like when in doubt. I'm pretty good at Wheel of Fortune yeah. in that I've never been on the show, but I, when I'm watching it, like everybody else, I pretend that I am, mm-hmm. uh, and I usually win. Oh, that's yeah, that's uh, <laughs> Cyberfoam Hat. Have you ever seen that clip? No. There's it's just one of those classic like what were you thinking moments where it's very clear that the first word is styrofoam. Okay, but the second uh, word is three letters, and somebody really confidently like. Rick Perry, uh, forgetting the third uh, branch of government he was going to cut out, just very confidently goes, styrofoam hat. Was it cup? Cup, yes. Because yeah. <laughs> styrofoam hats. Not like, a thing. What are you talking about? Like those weird costume hats that are like supposed to be straw hats you'll see sometimes at a costume shop? That's the only styrofoam hat I know of. So again, uh, back to the more important subject, um, E. E. It, it's, it's a note. In music, right? Mm-hmm. That, yep. That's a thing. It's a nickname for uh, a, a uh, club drug. Right. That mm-hmm. makes you feel love, right? Mm-hmm. Like that you just love everything. Uh, it's the nickname of a character on Entourage. Yeah, there's E and Turtle. And I think Vince is the main guy. And Johnny Drama. Good old the other Dylan. They call me Johnny Drama. Not really. Who would be calling you that? I don't know. <laughs> I do tend to get called overly dramatic a lot. Oh. So. And you look like a Johnny. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that, I was talking to someone today that, that, like, no one ever remembers my name and my theories because I don't look like a Kristen. Mm. So that must be why it's really hard to remember my name. And she just kind of stared at me. And meanwhile, I'm thinking, like, so what do I look like? Maybe yeah. I look like a Johnny. A Johnny? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if I name were Johnny. Well, let's let's try it out. Let's okay. for the next couple of episodes just introduce yourself as Johnny. Hi, I'm Johnny. And I'm Mike. <laughs> I like it. Or <laughs> <laughs> Edit made. We'll <laughs> just splice that in. <laughs> now let's head into the Sunnydale stacks and open the books on enemies. Buffy definitely just went to a porno. Yeah, well, I I feel like it's one of those um, foreign films that you think is like, oh, it's getting a lot of praise, like Blue is the Warmest Color, where it's like, oh, this is mostly 
very uh, graphic sex. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they went to a foreign film mm. uh, intending to just like have a platonic, well, not really platonic, but like a G-rated night at the boobies. Yeah. And that was definitely NC-17. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought like, oh, this must just be some movie I didn't know about. It's a, it's a movie that doesn't exist. Oh, I just, I assume, I didn't even look it up. I just yeah. assumed that they made yeah. it up for. The Banquet of uh, Amelia or Emily. Like, that's not, that's not a real movie. I thought like, oh, I just don't get this Ew, reference. Ew, The Banquet of Emily. Mm-hmm. Ew. Yep. Okay. Get it. Ew. Uh, have you ever done this? Like, seen a movie? Banquet of Emily? Um, no. Oh. <laughs> We got real personal there, real Ooh. quick. Uh, <laughs> I'm just glad we do, both don't know an Emily, because this would it would be even more weird. We do. Wait, we do. Ah! <laughs> um, Emily. Oh well, yeah, but like we're not like always hanging out with an Emily. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, okay. it's like that's somebody. Yeah, that's okay. a girl we know whose name is Emily. Anyways, yeah. um, have you ever like? watched a movie with in mixed company that you were like didn't know it was that racy and you're like oh Ooh, shit yeah <laughs> i think the that reminds me of a time went to see in the theater with my mom the remake of the thomas crown affair thinking oh this is just gonna be like a fun spy movie it's bruce mm-hmm. Bresnan who was at that point bond and i still liked him even though he only made one good movie as bond um not his fault uh, but in that movie, there's a pretty, you know, explicit sex scene with uh, Pierce Brosnan and Rene Russo. And I don't think it was even that it was like that graphic of a scene, but it was like, I enjoyed it. And so that made it really awkward um, oh, to no. to uh, watch with my mom. Were you like in the theater or like yeah, on the couch? In the theater. Okay. So I was like, uh, I can't leave. And so like I said through the rest <laughs> of the movie, I was like, okay, that was good, whatever. And then uh, next time we went to the movies, it was like, oh, we got here super early. Let's just watch like a couple minutes of a, of another movie till we get here, till, till the other movie starts. And I was like, oh, sure, whatever. And she's like, let's go to Thomas Crown Affair. I was like, okay i have to go to the bathroom <laughs> um and i should have done the math and like hey that sex scene was like halfway through the movie we're gonna be there for 20 minutes at max sure, yeah. it's not gonna make it to the sex scene and i was just like in the bathroom for as long as i i knew my mom was gonna be in there and then i, I came out of the bathroom i wasn't going to the bathroom i was like oh yeah you know bathroom so my tum tum uh, <laughs> and she, she was like oh i i thought something was really wrong i was like oh no let's go watch that other movie <laughs> also prop kind of props to your mom for like we're gonna sneak into this movie we didn't buy a ticket for it mm-hmm. even if it's only for 20 minutes still i've yeah. still never done that oh you should i mean you shouldn't mm. you totally should have worked to the movie theater it's terrible okay like big chains are terrible no, no no offense to anybody who works at a big chain and it's really pleasant. When I worked at a big chain theater, it was horribly, awfully depressing because they literally set you down. The first thing you're told in training is, we're not in the movie business. Our job is to sell popcorn. I was like, oh, oh, oh so you're not even going to like pretend to like want to make Care a pleasant experience for people and like i mean i would understand if they movies. were like we're not in the movie business we're in the customer service business yeah that would make then sense it's like okay sure you guys don't make the movies you show them yeah or like oh just so you know like concessions are important because that's where we actually make the money even though we're in the movie business concessions where we make the money like no like we're not in the movie business we're here to sell popcorn okay like, oh this is gonna be a horrible experience yay morale building mm-hmm uh, there was one time I went home to see my parents, and this was back when like I was still getting the DVDs from Netflix. Mm-hmm. And Chris had mentioned to me, 
um, Burning After Reading was a good movie. Hmm. And I was like, okay, George Clooney, Brad Pitt. I'm on board. I know nothing else about it. Yeah. Uh, brought it home with me to see my parents. And that night after dinner, I was like, oh, I brought this movie that I rented this movie for mm-hmm. us to watch. Super duper awkward. Yeah. Watching Burn After Reading, not prepared for the yeah. explicit stuff. Mm-hmm. Especially the uh, the dildo chair. There's no, there's oh, no other way yeah. to say it. The dildo chair. That was the point of the movie where it's like, I'm literally sitting on the couch in between my parents. <gasps> Ooh. Like, oh, how how do I handle this? Oh. Uh, and my mom's just like, what is that? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But what is it? Don't worry about it. Oh, just boy. don't ignore it. We're going to wait till we get to the next scene. We're not going to talk about this ever, ever again. Oh, boy. I had a friend who went to uh, Black Swan once. Um, okay. the, just he wasn't going multiple times. Um, <laughs> we went to see the movie Black Swan, and there's the uh, you know, there's a lot of illicit stuff in there. But one of the first things is the director telling uh, Natalie Portman's character in order to get in touch with her sexuality or whatever, I want you to go home and uh, and touch yourself. Yep, right. And there's uh, this very old lady and like a middle aged uh, lady who's obviously the older lady's uh, daughter sitting in front of my friend, and the Really old lady said to her daughter very loudly. So the entire theater, it was a pretty full theater because it was right when I came out and it was really big. Mm-hmm. Go home and do what? <laughs> and I, I think my favorite part is just the description of everyone else in the theater trying to hold back laughter. <laughs> it was just a crowded theater of people like, you can't laugh at the old lady oh, for not no. knowing about masturbation. <laughs> she knows. Go home, go home and do what? She didn't. She, didn't, she, just, she just needs to turn up her hearing aid, but she knows. Oh, she she knows. That's for sure. <laughs> I goes that to my buddy Ian. Stay strong, buddy. <laughs> Black Swan. <laughs> uh, so Angel says that he can handle the sexual frustrations, mm-hmm. but looks pretty damn frustrating. Yeah. One thing that's weird in this scene is they use the euphemism of getting worked up a lot. And I'm not sure exactly what they mean because it kind of seems to mean several different things. That he's both, like, getting, like, turned on and angry? I'm getting the getting turned on to the point of completion. That, like, I mean, there's there's a difference between, like, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, super in the mood and I'm having a pure moment of happiness from it. Yeah. Like, there's a, a big step in between mm-hmm. that I think, I think it's frustrating for them, obviously, that they can't take that step. Mm-hmm. And this is, I feel like... At least at this point in this episode, they're outlining what the relationship is here because it kind of was weird that they went yeah. from we're just friends to him, her straddling him at the mm-hmm. bronze. So now at least we know like, okay, I get it. They're dating, yeah. but they're not touching. <laughs> no touching. No touching. <laughs> they're really basically um, Amish dates. Yeah, sure. It's also weird that like she's talking about about it as in like pitying him mm-hmm. that she's like I understand it's really frustrating for you and I feel like what yeah. the implication is here that like it reality is she's free to have sex with whomever oh, she yeah. wants it doesn't matter like she could do whatever I mean like in just mystically maybe not morally but mm-hmm. she can yeah. uh, and he can't I, I mean, uh, arguments could be made yeah. And we see in, la- in way in <laughs> yeah. the future, he can have sex, but mm-hmm. not in a meaningful relationship yeah. necessarily. It can't, it can't, well, it can't be perfect happiness. So it can like, 
in a very dysfunctional yeah. re- way he yeah. can have sex. Yeah. He could he could have the kind of sex that I imagine Faith has all the time. Where sure, like, exactly. It fulfills the biological need, but you feel not that great afterwards and just like okay, that happened. That, <laughs> that needed to happen. I'm good now. So yeah, it's just kind of weird that like I feel like the implication is pretty clear here about mm-hmm. like I mean, I'm free to do what I mean, she's not in the relationship, but yeah. it's just weird. It's a weird little yeah, double standard, I it, feel. It is. And it's it's weird that they don't super address it where he's like, Well, you know like, you can't have sex with anyone either if we're in a relationship. Because yeah. fuck you. Yes, because that's sort of the angel's personality. <laughs> I mean fuck you. <laughs> he's a mon- he's a monog monogamist i mean look yeah. at even with him and dark well mm, no there's drusilla he may not be a monogamist no, no, he might no. be cool with it i mean i feel like he definitely like always wants somebody to go home to but he might go home with somebody else to them and he was with drusilla who was also with spike so he mm-hmm. might be cool with buffy being with other guys yeah so really this is a a a covert um way to encourage polyamory cool neat <laughs> Faith collects Buffy so that they can go patrol. A demon approaches them and offers to deliver the books of Ascension for Ooh. five grand. Of course, the girls have no idea what the books of Ascension yeah. are. <laughs> I like that detail that it's not something they've already been looking for, but he treats yeah. it as if like, oh, this thing you've been looking for, like, you guys haven't been looking for this? Can you imagine if someone came up to you and they're like, I'll give you five million wing wings. And you're like, what is that? I don't know why I would want that. <laughs> I, think, I think I know what that is and I do not want it. <laughs> I was trying on the spot, come up with a word, like a, a <laughs> fake wings. word, and I got nothing. Um, Improv, not my strength. <laughs> yes, and uh, I enjoyed about this scene. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is about the phrase yes, and that I find so funny. <laughs> Well, it makes you the perfect I- I- improv uh, audience member. Every time somebody goes, yes, yeah, you're like, ah! Isn't even one of the jokes? No, because I think it's because the I- yes and is an idea or a concept. So it's really funny when people... Yeah, yeah. And like, obviously, like, you were using the yeah. phrase in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> just get a kick out of it. I do uh, like the how they kind of mask the weird prosthesis with a like kind of vocal performance that matches it. Where his, he's kind of got like a weird vocal tick and pattern and accent that matches like the giant teeth. Where he's like, ah, sure. Kind of talking almost 1920s y. I gotcha. I'm more focused on the fact that like he looks bitey and kind of scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, like in Buffy yeah. way scary, not really. Like, not like I'm having trouble getting sleep at night. Yeah, not Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> right, scary. not that. Um, but he's got like this high voice and he's really short. And yeah. it's just, he's more yeah. kind of adorable. Yeah, he's like, he's like that little uh, monster from Space Jam, like the lit, little short guy. I always find yeah. him super cute. <laughs> uh, so Faith is a double agent. She takes this information <gasps> to the mayor. Yeah, we're shocked. who's mostly concerned with her getting enough calcium and pulling her hair back mayor it's so weird i always feel like there's more of it than there is even though we're only like after these two four away from the end of the series it always feels like the the mayor faith relationship has had more screen time than it has and i think that's just like it's it's really good performances where Mm -hmm. it can like totally believe this relationship basically mm-hmm. from the beginning and i think it's a real credit to the both the actors mm-hmm. and the writers yeah. that they squeeze so much in such a short period of mm-hmm. time it's really it, they have an economy of 
words and mm-hmm. moments that you're like, I get it. I totally yeah. get it. I believe everything. I think so much has happened in the off screen time that you can see the progression to these mm-hmm. relationships and you just assume yeah. they've grown. Yeah. The Scoobies research the Ascension, but it's pretty vague. Mm-hmm. While they're twiddling their thumbs, Faith kills that small demon man and steals the books of Ascension. His name was Skyler. Sky, his name. Did we learn his name? It's apparently it's said at some point. It was one of those things where I was doing research uh, and I was looking at like, you know, on a lot of like wikis and stuff. They have uh, who was killed this episode? Skyler. Who the hell is Skyler? Skyler sounds like some weird season one character that must have died in the background that I didn't notice. Like, oh no, that was the demon's name, Skyler. Okay. So afterwards, Faith goes to Angels. She's distraught over killing again and uh, looking for some help from someone who's been through it which i believed mm-hmm. yeah up until she tried to kiss him <laughs> yeah she tried to make out with angels like oh yeah. okay. although like i don't know, i could have believed that like if they had went with this being a legitimate thing and that happened i could have believed it because she is so like kind of messed up about relationships and if she was feeling like a sort of intimacy of just like, oh, somebody's understanding me. I could see her just like some like weird cross wire thing. Like, well, I guess we have to have sex now. I, I mean, I get that. It's mm-hmm. I feel like and I feel like Eliza Dushku did this on purpose mm-hmm. that like the moment where she goes from hold me, I'm freaking out to I'm going to stick my tongue down your throat mm-hmm. is so quick slash awkward. Yeah. And I feel that's on purpose to mm-hmm. be like, I'm gonna go for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm, what yeah i think we're supposed to be like what are you doing Mm -hmm. no well i think also the or or at least in my my view of it the more obvious thing is afterwards when she's like very like oh that's okay about it i was like that's not how faith would react to somebody Mm. not wanting to have sex with her sure or even just like kiss if it was going to be more chaste but let's be honest no (laughs) this is faith we're talking about so it turns out that Faith was sent by the mayor to seduce Angel and try to get him to lose his soul. Bitch, you are not going to give him a moment of happiness. Oh, not pure happiness. Mic drop. Just smack. Ah! <laughs> Don't say that. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I dropped a mic. Oh. <laughs> oh. I've, you know, I've been cursed. Every time I hear the, that phrase, I have to drop to the ground. <laughs> I love puns. <laughs> they make me so happy. It's like we work with someone named Shane, and every time I go Donka Shane, he's like, "You're welcome." I'm like, no, not you. <laughs> it's adorable. Uh, although uh, one thing that does strike me as real messed up, and I guess maybe it's part of her plan to be like, "Oh, I'm gonna, uh, you know, get a sympathy and seduce him." Wash your hands, Faith. She comes with like demon blood still on her hands. Which is like, how are you just like going around, like walking around the streets, just with bloody hands? I, I, yeah. That's gross. It's unsanitary and it's super conspicuous. Right? Like, I guess she must have had her hands in her pockets, just opening doors with her elbows. Oh no, my hot dog was way too ketchupy. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> and filled with viscera. <laughs> oh no. Oh, gross. The chili dog. Okay. Oh. It's a chili dog. <laughs> Bull. Bull. Yeah. Uh, hope you're not listening at dinner time. <laughs> you know, the family gathers around the uh, the the iPod or the Android <laughs> device and uh, presses play and eats their dinner. Yeah, as they're everybody. To, to their, their Buffy. N- knowledge dro- drops. <laughs> That's what we call these. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, so there's some good fashion in this episode. Segway. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> just veering off to the left here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like Buffy's like boat neck dress. She's oh, got yeah, the boat yeah. neck with like and this color combination of like navy and like a violet mm-hmm. that I'm I think I'm gonna try to do in yeah. my wardrobe. Like I just like that combination. I don't yeah. think I normally put that together, although I think it's all one piece. And then her hair mm-hmm. is up and she has a really good way this season of mm-hmm. wearing her hair up where it looks like she just stuck 500 clips in it to get it yeah. out of her face but in a really cute way yeah yeah where it's like it it, it's a, it takes effort to look that lazy affair yeah like i have 500 clips and no matter how many mm. times i put in my hair it's just gonna be like a mess of clips yeah rat's nest just up there uh and so fate's fate's hair down her hair always looks good i just mm-hmm. eliza douche yeah. has such good hair but then she's got like the red top matching the red lipstick mm-hmm. and it's just yeah. She's rocking a totally opposite yet also mm-hmm. really hot look. Yeah. Uh, so the mayor summons a demon to rob Angel of his soul. Ooh, it's like a demon ninja. He does look like a demon ninja. Mm-hmm. That's true. Which is pretty awesome. Um, I think this is a scene where he talks about um, there are more than one ways to, to skin, uh, skin a cat. I happen to uh, know that's actually factual. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's actually true. I like that. Just and also just like imagining him doing that is gross, but I could so like see the way he would do it, do it. Uh, Lots just... of wet naps. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's probably wearing like Dexter levels of like gear to hand sanitizer yeah. mm-hmm. and just lots of. He's scrubbing in like imagine he's doing some a surgery. air freshener spray mm-hmm. just because there's going to be a smell. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But he needs that cat skin. He needs it. Sure. Are there any cats listening? I'm sorry. Get, no, run away from this dude. We're not supporting his actions. We're just saying he did it <laughs> yeah. several times. So steer clear of him. I think the cats will because now he's a big snake and you don't, yeah. the cats would not be into a big snake. No. Uh, so I've got a big break in my notes here Yeah. because this is where I think this demon goes to Giles mm-hmm. after this meeting with Mayor. Yeah. This, I think this is where like the missing twist scene happens yeah. that we don't see where yeah. the demon goes to giles and well that's something i i feel like i don't know maybe we should discuss at the end is when exactly people know and who knows when i and this is why i put this here mm-hmm. in my notes to indicate this is when i think they create their plan to catch mm-hmm. their to trick faith mm-hmm. right after the demon meets with the mayor yeah but i still i still feel like i don't know who knew when because, like, Giles definitely knows from the beginning. He I think it's has just to. Giles, Angel, and Buffy. That's it. Those okay. are the only people that know the plan. Okay. And the demon, obviously. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sure. Yeah. But Steve, none of the Scoobs know. Steve. Um, yeah. Yeah. Steve McBob. Does Buffy know from the beginning? Do we know that for sure? That she knows from the beginning? Yeah. She's in on it. Okay. Giles would not, especially after Helpless, Giles would not lie to her. Okay, I guess that makes He's sense. He's on thin ice already. For some reason, I always like imagining... That she doesn't know until uh, Angel is chaining her up, and that's when he tells her. I know there's no no like factual support, but I just like that idea because it makes the later scenes scarier. If from Buffy's perspective, she doesn't know what's happening. Yeah, um, but I guess it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it would be a lot less likely that that Giles would pull that kind of stuff after what's happened. There's also just scenes between now and then that, like, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty clear that Buffy's like waiting for angel like she yeah. knows what's up but okay. she's putting on an act but we'll yeah cross it and come to it uh so buffy confides in willow who makes a really good point 
Faith would absolutely try to get with Angel. Oh, yeah. That is what she does. Mm-hmm. That is her purpose in life. I mean, not really. That was yeah. harsh. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a bit mean. Much. But like, that's like definitely her like modus operandi is like, oh, there's a hot guy. Let's have sex. Yeah. She just doesn't know how to not do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Willow also has a really good point. Mm-hmm. Angel's not the cheating type. And we've mm-hmm. already seen in this episode, Faith went for him and he's like, whoa, no, 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 yeah. no, no. With Buffy. I also love in this scene where they're, where they're talking about the whole jealousy is that finally for once in one of these shows, and I feel like Buffy's not as guilty of this as a lot of other things, especially things on like the CW or back in the day, the WB, mm-hmm. where it's like, just fucking talk to the person. Sure. Like I, this, I mean, that's this is like ancient Romeo that. and Juliet times where like it's hard to get in touch with people like you can easily get in contact with people and ask them a question. You're like describing most people's relationship problems, though. Like mo- so many people like don't they complain to their friends about oh and then he didn't do well, the dishes and i feel like, like there's a difference between like like just having like something that bugs you versus like i think he's being unfaithful gotcha uh pun intended um nice good good job sneaking that one in um <laughs> but like it always just seems like there's some like oh misunderstanding and like oh i i'm gotta gotta jump to the worst conclusion possible without asking or or like seeking out further evidence i just must assume that he's boning faith because i saw them near each other right i mean maybe maybe it's because i'm guilty of doing this that i am cheating on buffy yes because i also like veronica mars oh do you have a side podcast that i don't know about no although i i could totally do absolutely yes let's do that (laughs) yeah side podcast that sounds fun (laughs) no i i'm definitely guilty of creating the worst scenario in my mind Mm -hmm. rather than just asking the person hey you did this what's up with that (laughs) like and like you're absolutely right that's always the better thing to do Mm -hmm. i don't know what what the the human nature is that says like Mm -hmm. I can't speak, I can't deal with it directly. I'm yeah. going to be passive aggressive and worry mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, and just make things worse. Right. Um so I I don't think it's a good thing, but I think it's totally like really common that people do yeah. it. Or it's just what I do and the CW is watching me all the time. Oh yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that's it. They have you under surveillance. <laughs> it's Truman show, the world revolves mm-hmm. around me. I'm sorry. Sorry I'm so boring guys. Yes, I do watch Family Guy way too much. <laughs> there was somebody the other day and uh they made the comment of uh, yeah, I know. I'm kind of making this about me when it's not about me. I was like, oh, no, it's all about you. You're in the Truman Show. Mm. I think that's a good way to to, to re- respond to somebody if they feel like everything's being all about them. Like, oh, no, you're, you're right. You're in the Truman Show. <laughs> Faith gets to Angel first, mm-hmm. uh, casts a spell to remove his soul. Some good effects here. Yeah, I yeah, there's some good it. effects. I like the Fright Night eyes on the demon guy. Sure. I also like how uh, Angel kind of has Buffy face when he gets like... Like, turn, he's got that same look that he always has when he dies, saying, Buffy, Buffy. <laughs> Except the somebody doesn't say, but, well, because yeah. he doesn't really lose yeah. his soul. It's fair. That's how mm-hmm. we know it's d- not real, yeah. is that he doesn't say the words Buffy. Yeah. Word. That's one word. <laughs> so, Buffy. <laughs> it's singular. He's never seen it spelled out. That's the thing. <laughs> so he's always thought that he it's like. her middle name is yeah. Fee. Yeah. Buffy. <laughs> this Summers. is why Faith calls her Buff. She's yeah. just more casual. Doesn't mm-hmm. use the middle name. Yeah. <laughs> it's like somebody's called Linda Ann. And she's just saying, hey, Linda. Yeah. Yeah. So the spell works. Angel and Faith make out. Yeah, he is immediately, immediately down to fuck. Immediately. Immediately. And like, 
if this like i get it but also like uh i'm gonna bring this up later or maybe just now um it really feels to me that like <laughs> angel and his role playing it's really like when they talk about like this got really out of hand i mean you you're he's acting like an actor that like oh the spirit took me or like the yeah i just i got so into my role i forgot what i was doing yeah. like right away are mm-hmm. you so in character that you're like yeah, I well, like, need to shove my tongue down your like, throat. That's what that's my not, character's motivation. I'm pretty sure that's is. not what they discussed. Like Giles was like, and remember, Angel, as soon as you you're supposed to have turned, yeah. just start making out with her. Shove that tongue down down her throat. <laughs> yeah, like whoa. Although this does bring me to another point about this episode. There's like a, kind of a whole runner with Giles where he talks about, um, uh, oh uh, yeah, demons these days, no standards. Oh, what did you get a receipt? And it just, I love this kind of turn as Wesley's been in that Giles just doesn't give a fuck. No. <laughs> no. He's, he's just like hanging out on the side, just making dicky little comments. Yep. Just, just being just such a snarky little, little a little just, bitch. He's a snarky little bitch. He doesn't give a fuck anymore. I love it. I love it. It's, I love it. it's so refreshing. And I just feel it's like. Senioritis, uh, Giles. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, fuck it. <laughs> We're going to, spoiler alert, blow up this school. I don't care. <laughs> So this makes me really miss Angelus. I know. Like, no, really. Don't get up. Like, oh, God, I love Angelus so much. Oh, yeah. And like, I, as much as I, I do enjoy, especially like what they did with the character later on in Angel, like, it's just so much more fun to watch Angelus than Angel. It is. It is. I'm, broody is not really captivating. Yeah. It's, Evil is fucking enjoying it. I it know. is so captivating. Yeah. I want to watch it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so when did Oz go blonde? Did I miss this? I think it happened gradually over the course of the season. Because he's Cause I, really blonde right now. Because I feel like he like started off last season. He was like definitely like redhead to like to like black, and then like through the season, it's been like oh like he's got kind of got the red hair going on right now. It's like oh it looks a little lighter, looks a little lighter, and then without knowing, it's just like I want full on blonde. It's just yellow. And it's just it. Yeah, up like I dunked my head in bleach. Yeah, it's very it's very odd. It's and it's weird that they nobody ever mentions that his hair changes a lot. Yeah, considering like for other characters, there's always mentioned like, "Hey, I like your haircut," mm-hmm. and then like this one, like, "Wait, what? what?" I guess he's just like the Dennis Rodman of the Scooby Gang, where it's yeah. just he changes his hair so much, nobody's gonna even bother commenting yeah. anymore. So the mayor meets with Angelus. Angelus pledges to torture and kill Buffy. There's Aww. a there's a weird thing here, like a, the the thing of like Faith holding on to him as if he's her boyfriend mm-hmm. when he's already been like punching her and like he's like yeah. they, he acknowledges the fact that he made out with her because as like a thank you and then after that it's fuck you and i'm gonna punch you in the head yeah. so it's weird that she's like i get i mean that's i guess a testament to how messed up she is that mm-hmm. she's like yeah. oh he beat the shit out of me i love him yeah it's all it's almost like she couldn't she couldn't be with somebody because her head's in such like a weird state right now she couldn't be with somebody in a in a long-term sense unless they were like Somebody that also offered that kind of challenge in a way that like it's mm-hmm. somebody that could like I uh, could fuck with. That's like when she's um nearly kills Xander. Sure. Like it's it's like her showing like, oh no, you're weak. I I couldn't be with you. Oh okay. but like if there's somebody, even if it's in a really unhealthy way that could like like that could mess with her and that they could fight and, you know, the other F word. Um <laughs> that that's almost more attractive to her in a way, because there's like because those are kind of the two big things in her life. Yeah. As far as like what like keeps her 
to some degree happy, even though it's not really never yeah. not pure happiness. <laughs> we don't want Faith to lose her soul. God, it's already <laughs> bad enough. It's. I mean, I, what's weird, I guess, to me is that Faith has never showed any interest in Angel before this episode. Mm-hmm. In fact, like until consequences, they've yeah. like never spoken. Yeah. So this, to me, I feel like if she had shown any sort of interest interest in him before, even just like. Mm checking him out making some inappropriate comment about him being super hot yeah to buffy it, then that, at least like yeah. her hanging off his arm would be like oh I, she's always kind of had a thing for him and now it's like he can be mine because yeah. he's not buffy's anymore yeah it does seem a little weird that she's never come well even even if it weren't for this episode it is weird that she's never commented on the fact that he's attractive like yeah. she's commented on the fact that xander's attractive and it's like Okay, yeah, like, that's why it's weird. It's yeah. like of all the people, and she heard me like, and Scott, who was not attractive, and it's just like, of all the people that you've commented on the show, yeah. it's clearly Angel. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, guy's a is, hunk. That is weird. That is weird. Maybe it's just because she knew him as like, she thought of him as an enemy at first, so it was hard to Maybe. see him as. Or may- I mean, I always guess I kind of assumed that like, because she has so much respect for Buffy, but that's not a thing. That's not a faith thing. Yeah. Well, uh, well, maybe earlier on it kind of was. I don't know. Yeah. It's, she just figured it's not something I can say out loud. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I do like the mayor's line, though. Try to have her home by 11. <laughs> like, like, Angelus's faith face of like taking him seriously, but also be, like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. What? <laughs> You're fucking with me. I, I do love people who don't aren't super familiar with the mayor just being like, is this, is this guy you, for real? <laughs> what? On the way to Buffy's, Angel knocks out Xander. Poor oh, Xander. That guy just bugs me. I feel like that is kind of shot in front of it. That's not, that's not like, oh, I have to be part. Well, I mean, I guess you could argue it, it, it's like, oh, I have to do this for, to protect him. But I bet a part of him really liked doing that. I think a part of him very much enjoyed it. But it is also just like, no, that is exactly what Angelus would do. Yeah. And also like, you dumb dumb. You're going to get yourself killed if I don't that. knock you out like right away. Like knocking him out protects him. Yeah. 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 No, definitely. Faith and Angel arrive at the Summer's home. This scene makes me think that there is a new shipper uh, community that should be started. Joingle. Which makes sense because he's so old. I know. <laughs> Joyce is a baby compared to how old he actually is. I know. Like this like you can see this being like, oh, there's a maturity there. Mm-hmm. I get it. I could I could see that. I could totally see that and go Joyce. Yeah. Man, hit that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's just like going through every every male on the show. Highlights. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um see this is the scene where I think like Buffy knows because she's acting weird. Yeah. And not just, I think not just because Angel and Faith show up also mm-hmm. acting kind of weird. Like yeah. I, she's acting in a way that like, I'm going to play this part, but I am already not enjoying this. I guess. I don't know. I kind of feel like it, it, it comes off a lot. Like I sense something's wrong, but I don't know what it is. And I don't know. I, part of me also feels like maybe Buffy didn't know until later just because she's not that good of an actor. Like the character of Buffy. Right. I gotcha. But that's what makes me think the whole, like, she's not that good of an actor. That's what makes me think that this scene is real because mm-hmm. she's she's kind of giving it away. I think mm-hmm. she's being super obvious that she's, like, uncomfortable. She knows something's going on. Yeah. She's giving it away a little bit because she's a sucky actress. <laughs> Although, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess one thing that would support this is that I don't think she was really dressed for stealth because as much black as you're wearing, if you're wearing shiny sequins, kind of... Defeats the whole right. stealth thing. <laughs> that's not. Yeah, it's not a good. Uh, 
It's not a good plan. Yeah. Faith and Angel take Buffy to the mansion to retrieve the Books of Ascension. Instead, they knock her out and chain her up. Mm -hmm. The Scoobies learn that the mayor is over 100 years old. I love the backstory. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah. The mutton chops. <laughs> it's it's pretty um cool how it comes about and mm -hmm. like you forget upon multiple viewings that this is the first time we're learning this mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i just like that it's 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 uh, sketched out enough that you're like oh okay so there's like a bigger story here mm -hmm. i kind of get it more where he's coming from but it's not like they don't spend a whole episode like flashing back to the mayor's beginnings which i feel like so many shows do mm -hmm. and it's just like too much of a good thing. I like that. Okay. We get, he is like old. He's like near like immortal in some ways. Cause he's like, hasn't aged. Um, but that's because he specifically is some kind of powerful magic user who specifically tried to build this town to do this thing, mm -hmm. which makes him kind of grander and more understandable at the same time. And again, this is, you know, this season really does a good job of economy of scenes, economy mm -hmm. of words. They just, they really, get to the point yeah. very clearly and succinctly xander arrives and tells them that angelus is back back at the mansion buffy is in chains mm. faith finally tells us all what she's thinking oh she really just kind of lays out what her damn problem has been yeah. she tried so hard to be the perfect slayer but could never get out of buffy's shadow buffy has the family and the friends and faith has nothing yeah i'd be upset too yeah. She tried she really tried to be a good slayer at first. Yeah. And it was like no matter what I do. Yeah, and it's so sad cuz like I totally understand like where she's coming from, but you can totally see in that moment like oh like that's where you're getting it wrong. It's like yeah. it shouldn't be about oh I did the thing that's supposed to be right and I didn't get rewarded by anybody yeah. else. It's like no, you have to like find why you think that's right. Why you would want to do that not just because you think you'll get a treat at the end. Right. And I think that's interesting when you compare this monologue to her return in season four, mm -hmm. when I think she does realize the idea does embrace the idea of doing something because it's right, just because it's right. Yeah. So it's nice to see that arc mm -hmm. over a coma. You know, she learned. Yeah. And over the coma arc. <laughs> Buffy's got some sick burns here. Oh, you couldn't get Angelus without magic. Oh, oh, oh. You couldn't beat me unless you chain me up. Oh, snap. That is, that is all correct. Yeah. And that is good. It hurts. That is. I, I, I felt that one. Mm. It's, and also considering what's going on, it's so satisfying. We're going to be like, yeah. <laughs> you just imagine being that person. Yeah. Um, like in the movies, like dancing around behind Buffy, throwing my hands up, like, oh, damn, man. Did you see what she did? Like just dancing, like, oh, no. I, I think you're auditioning for the next Step Up movie. That, yeah. yes, that is exactly. I'm going to be her crew. Yep. Um, <laughs> there's going to be a rain scene. We're going to dance in the rain. Yep. But my version's going to be very um, singing in the rain with umbrellas and galoshes. Yeah. Yeah, the dance crew is going to be like, ugh. <laughs> She doesn't get it. No. Just... She she doesn't get it, guys. <laughs> so Faith divulges that the Ascension is scheduled for graduation day. Aw. Turns out uh, that the demon just faked a pretty light show. He's actually a friend of Giles, and he played the mayor for a chump. I love the way it's revealed, where it's like, looks like I'm the world's best actor. Second best. Oh! 
and like the slow mo yeah. turn of whoa. <laughs> I also think they could do a good job of yeah. like this isn't your typical like evil villain twiddling mm. his thumbs being like now that i have you let me reveal my whole plan yeah. like this actually like the info they get comes up organically yeah and it takes a while it's not all in one monologue like they get mm-hmm. little pieces along the way like oh like the mayor's invulnerable this is what the mayor wants this so is i i made a list of all the yeah. other things they got he's impervious to harm mm-hmm. he hates germs he's over 100 years old this, I mean, this is not just from this monologue, but this is also yeah. from Angel interacting with yeah. them earlier. Over 100 years old and the Ascension is graduation day. Mm-hmm. And it's all from like just really well-placed questions. Mm-hmm. Like they belong in an interrogation room. They can play good cop, bad, bad cop. Blad cop is what I plaid said there. cop. <laughs> that. Yep. Yeah. You're not going to trust the one in plaid. <laughs> no. Never trust someone wearing plaid, Mike. That's why like if I go to Seattle, I'm just like, oh, I don't trust any of you. <laughs> Faith is upset that she's lost her friends for good. Uh, so the mayor tells her he's the most important friend you'll ever have. Aww. Two words. Miniature. Gulf. Oh, like I feel so bad for Faith. And like, I also, but I also I, like, the. I love how the goofiness is contagious. That, I like, know. She's so sullen in her typical like, mm-hmm. I can't smile attitude. And him yeah. being so weird and goofy like, is rubbing off on her. It works. Know, it does cheer her it's up. It's so sad because like, as messed up as it is, like, this feels like the most positive relationship in some ways to Faith. Oh, 100%. That she's had in the entire season. 100%. So you totally it sucks get that this faithful. comes from an evil person. Yeah. But imagine if, the, if mm-hmm. the mayor were this type of relationship and he was a good guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, she could have totally been redeemed. Like, his, his affection and relationship with her is, I think, 100%, like, real and... And there is, like, a, a certain bond and affection. And eventually, I think, like, a love, like a fatherly love. It just also happens to be that he is also pure evil and wants her to help him with the pure evil. Yeah. Like, it's it, it's it's a really neat dynamic. And I'm glad they, they went for that. Because it would be so easy to just make it like, oh, your friends have turned on you. Work for me. Yeah. We've seen that a million times. Yeah. And that's boring. Um, I do want to mention, before we get too far from it, one of my favorite lines is... Um, when uh after the the ninja demon uh was like your debt has been repaid to me blah 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 uh giles mentions uh what the debt is they're all they're all asking him what it is and it's like oh i introduced him to his wife i'm just imagining what that like situation was there had some weird watcher mixer and he's like oh uh steve the ninja demon uh, i want you to meet uh kelly (laughs) oh steve and kelly they had such a beautiful wedding i know really great light show Mm mm-hmm Yep. And they saved a lot of money on that since they can do it themselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Buffy tells Angel, you only did what I asked. Angel says, I never want it to go that far. Then um, why did he do it? Yeah. <laughs> it really does feel like, you know, sexual role playing. Oh, I didn't mean to. They needed a safe word. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like, I I mean, it worked. So it's hard to like bash it too much. But it seemed like, did you, did you have to do all of that? Did you have to like kiss on her so much? Like I was watching it really intently being like, how much is he initiating? And in front of yeah. Buffy, he doesn't initiate. When she's yeah. in the room, he responds to Faith. If Faith goes mm-hmm. to kiss him, he reciprocates. Yeah. But when she's not in the room, he initiates a lot. Is that, it makes me feel like he's really aware of what he's doing. Yeah, and he's, and he's like, hey, I know I'm not going to get a moment of pure happiness out of this, but I might get a little bit of happiness out of this. <laughs> I mean, Faith is hot. Yeah. She's very hot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, especially after getting all worked up watching the Emily's Banquet. Yeah, just release some of that. I mean, not literally, don't, because it's sticky. (laughs) 
This brings us to a very important discussion. What is uh, vampire ejaculate like? Oh my god, no. <laughs> no. Not going to have an in-depth I, description? I, I don't think it exists. Oh. Well, it kind of has to for a thing that happens later on in Angel. I, don't I think it's like to... dust. Because <laughs> 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 I mean, they do. It, there's the French term "le petit mort," where it's like the little death. Sure. And you know, vampires turn to dust when they get killed. So I mean, science. That's, uh, okay, but the, the same science doesn't apply to humans. <laughs> there's no reason. <laughs> I guess I, I misunderstand death. That doesn't happen when we die. Oh my god! Oh, imagine if it did. Also, we just covered. Oh, no more boy. open caskets. Oh no, no. I bet there'd be a lot of cremations, though. It was like, just burn it, burn it. Get rid of it. Let us never speak of it again. The Walking Dead would be a very different show. Oh my god. so i i i like this episode i think the whole trickery thing i didn't see it coming the first time i saw Mm -hmm. i watched it and i still think that i can rewatch this now and not Mm -hmm. the surprise isn't ruined for me it's still it's still neat it, it, I'm glad that we finally got it out in the open that like, look, it's the mayor. The mayor's the bad guy. Yeah. Can we address the mayor? Because we only have four episodes to go. Yeah. And that like Faith that can no longer be a devil agent. We know mm-hmm. that she's baddie. Yeah. Uh, but mostly I just like seeing Angela's for five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it really moves the, the show forward in a way that doesn't feel super contrived. There's lots of really fun stuff in it. The only thing I wish, and I know it's just like, there's so much you have to fit into this season. I wish we could have gotten one or two more episodes with Faith as a double agent just to like, mm. play around with it. I wish this all started earlier. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit earlier that she was yeah. a double agent. There were so many episodes where she just wasn't in it. Yeah. Which is weird. That it was like, we, why did you do that? We could have been making use of her. Yeah. Yeah. That is weird. Earlier in the season where she's just like not in it for a couple episodes. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was like a scheduling thing or they could only afford to have her sure. as a special guest star in so many episodes. But yeah, it, it is uh, on its own just, I think, a really solid episode. Very yeah, few very good. Uh, flaws and definitely nothing major. Like, no. Really solid. Yeah. It's time to put enemies back on the shelf and open the books on Earshot. got some backstory for us on this one uh yeah um so uh this episode was originally set to air about a week after um the events at columbine which uh they obviously needed to postpone it um and they actually postponed the finale of this season for the same reason that there was like you know major violence at a school even though that one is a lot less like directly this one is almost creepily on yeah, the Yeah, this one, it like, some of the lines like, ooh, if that would came out a week after Columbine, that would be a little rough. Although I do like, um, uh, apparently Sarah Michelle Gellar was really 
pushing to try to have this aired when it was originally meant to because she thought it might be like a good way for Healing. people to cope. Yeah. Um, which I, I think like in retrospect, I kind of agree with. I kind of wish they had done that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I maybe like put a warning in front of it. I like understand mm-hmm. like you don't want to sucker punch people. I'm not saying that like, everything needs a trigger warning, but like this, like, yeah, I would understand yeah. the need to do that. But yeah, so it, it got delayed. And actually in the US, it didn't air until after the rest of the season. Oh, interesting. So yeah. even after the finale. Yeah. So it only aired basically like when it was going to be in repeats is when they aired it, like mm-hmm. after the finale. So I bet there's a lot of people who were like, uh, did I missed, how did I miss this episode? That's um, interesting that they kind of do that two seasons in a row. Because mm. season four also has like an episode after what would normally be the finale. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. interesting. Oh, that one was intentional. Right. Yeah. Like a like a dollhouse situation. Right. So Buffy's fighting a couple of demons without mouths. She gets uh, some of one's blood on her hand, which soaks up into her pores. Mm-hmm. By the way, I I know this is going to sound super weird. I kind of found these demons cute. Cute. Like, I don't know. There's something about them that just seems kind of cute. I wanted them to put on clothes. They are straight up naked. But I think that's almost part of it. They just look so innocent in a way. No. They're just like roaming oh around. Oh my God, gross. Like, just, hey guys. No, the, the Skyler. Skyler looked innocent. He could be buddy. We could oh, be he, buddies. With he Skyler. looked like a bookie. But, like, in, in, the, like, in a Willie the Snitch way, we're like completely harmless, though. These guys look like they just wanted a hug. No. And they couldn't say it because they're telepaths. That's, and Buffy that's, just. The whole thing was a misunderstanding. They just wanted a hug. I know. It was so sad. <laughs> and the one guy was like, what are you doing to my buddy Hank? Yeah. He's just sticking up with his friend. Mm-hmm. So the next day at school, the gang is researching the Ascension, but coming up with diddly squat. Aw. Wesley has come up with ex- exactly the same diddly squat. Yeah. But he's really excited he's about very, it. He's very, yeah, very into it. Buffy's hand is all itchy because she's been infected with an aspect of the demon. I like the, the part where they talk about um, didn't have a mouth unless the mouth was someplace else. And she has this weird look. And I'm like, what are you thinking about there? What are you imagining in that mouth? Why also shaped like a mouth? Come on. Really? I mean, they weren't wearing clothes. There's only one spot that mouth could have been. Uh, I agree. Okay. <laughs> uh, so Buffy's gonna gonna grow a demon part, or <laughs> have some part of the demon, or mm-hmm. be like the demon in some yeah. way. Meanwhile, it's basketball season, and Hogan is our jock du jour. Yep. We're play- You know, we got swim dudes, but they're all gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now boys have their needs. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so now it's Hogan. The Scoobs are not feeling this pep rally thing, and neither is the editor of the school paper, Freddie. We'll never see again. This, uh, this is about the part of the episode where, and I, I, I'll, I'll mark where I feel like it picks up. Mm. But right about this part of the episode, rewatching it, I just felt like so far this feels really season one-y to me. Like, yeah, it it, it feels like it's it's kind of like. The pace is weird, and a lot of the aspects where, uh, not the aspect of the demon, a lot of the the plotting elements and characterization feels very stilted in that season one way, where it's mm. like, we're going to have one joke of what this character is, and there are sports at the school. Here's the sport guy you need to care about this episode. Sure. Here's the other one-off character you need to care about this episode. The demon's kind of generic-y at first. Mm. You don't know anything about it, and it's not like that exciting i don't know i definitely feel like it picks up but this first chunk maybe fourth of the episode feels it just doesn't gel together for me and i think that's in general i'll say 
you know, I like this episode. Mm-hmm. I think what it's lacking is it's it's saying some pretty big things at the mm-hmm. end. Yeah. But they all just come at the end. But like I yeah. feel like it needed to be a running theme throughout the episode yeah, and not just the last five minutes. Yeah, because it, fe- it feels like the first fourth is like just a lot of weirdly awkward setup mm. where it could have been doing more interesting character things. Like yeah. Setting up some of the one-off characters in a more naturalistic way, mm-hmm. even setting up our characters for their journey a little bit better. Because it feels a lot like I – there are parts that I was like, oh, that's kind of – entertaining but doesn't really do anything for the episode or the character we waste like three scenes on freddie yeah really we don't need at all yeah we don't need a red herring even if he is the red herring you could have made this worthwhile yeah if you showed him getting bullied yeah if you showed something i mean like it's to me like i'm fine when i'm watching it but then when we get to the end i realize like oh we wasted a lot of damn time yeah on that guy and like why not make it i don't know a different character that's because it's there's really kind of two red herrings in a way but like make it something like like why don't we spend more time with larry and make him a better red herring where like maybe we see him getting angry and we think it's like oh he's he's still like upset about being in closet maybe that's why he's he's gonna turn and then it turns out like oh no he was like yelling at somebody for being homophobic and he's out and proud now and like that's a cool thing and that's weird to have in an episode that's about bullying and you know this high school class system to have one of the things that at that point in time and even still today Mm -hmm. people get bullied for harshly yeah yeah to have that guy be like nope i'm out and everything's cool like i feel like you could have said something yeah yeah you could have used this that would be a great moment i think in a lot of other episodes but when part of like the whole thing is how everyone feels kind of oppressed by high school and there's bullying and all sorts of weird social pressures that make you feel really horrible and your emotions can get very high in in uh in high school in a very negative way to have that be kind of like a thrown away thing like oh i'm out now boopadoo yeah is 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 a waste in this yeah. episode where you could tie it in in such a more and I'm not saying that it has to be a negative experience from but like show like how it could have gone worse or that um, what he had to to fight through to get accepted yeah. for who he was, especially at that time, like exactly, I'm, it almost feels disrespectful for the number of people that yeah. really struggled with coming out of the closet and really got um, ostracized for it. Mm-hmm. That it it just kind of feels like you're not paying tribute to like the number of people who go through so much. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think this episode has a really great message about. Everyone's got their own shit. You don't mm-hmm. see it, but they have their own yeah. shit. So show that shit. Yeah, that is it. It is very weird. Where it's like, you kind of get that with uh, what's his name, uh, Turtleneck Kid. I forget his name immediately. Freddie. Freddie. Yeah. Um, you kind of get that, but even he feels like, oh, he just kind of shrugs it off. He kind of feels like he's a bully because he's a dick. I'm sorry, he yeah. is. And it's like he's just ragging on everybody. Yeah, and it's like okay, I. I guess you could make the argument that it's showing how different people deal with the pressures of high school, but it doesn't really make that point. No, it, kind of, it doesn't. It just shrugs you, you everything off. You have to read off. that into it. And if you, even if you do, it's not that great of a point. I mean, and you could really use that, use Freddie to show like even the not popular kids mm-hmm. like Freddie by lashing out against the more popular kids are just as guilty of bullying mm-hmm. and can do just as much damage. Yeah. Instead, he says something mean about Oz's band, and because it's Oz, Oz doesn't give a shit. Yeah. 
And that, I mean, that's great for us. But yeah. the typical high school kid, if I, you know, if you read something about, let's say I was in a play in high school and you, I read a bad review in the school paper. Well, I'm going to be devastated. That's, yeah. you know, you're in high school. That hurts. Yeah. Although that does remind me the first review I ever got for anything was in college, community college. My first semester did a show and the review started with the line, donkeys in clown suits could have put on a better production than blah, 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 blah. Oh, no. Yep. So it was like, well. I'm never going to get a worse review than this. There you I'm, go. I'm kind of bulletproof just now. got that out of the yep. way. <laughs> oh, no. So Buffy's all distracting at guessing what her aspect of the demon will be when, oh, no, Mike. What? Was it a boy demon? Boo! Demon dick. <laughs> I really like that gag. I just really like it. Uh. <laughs> Willow's, fo- Willow's face. Oh. No. Buffy. <laughs> Was it a boy demon? Do you think, like... Maybe that's the moment she realized, like, hey, maybe I'm not so much into. No. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) That night, Buffy's checking her reflection to make sure that she still has a mouth, Mm -hmm. which she wouldn't need a mirror for. You'd know if you didn't have a mouth. You you know what you could do? You could also, like, put your finger up to your mouth. I think you could also just open your mouth and be like, yep, it still opens. (laughs) Like, mirrors should not be the first option. (laughs) There are many better ways. Try to talk. Yeah. You can't talk. Guess what? Maybe Whistle. your mouth's shut. Whistle. Yep. Uh, so then she take, when she puts the mirror away, it turns out Angel was behind her the whole time. I love that gag. <laughs> I love it. So, b- by it. the way, yeah. <laughs> You're a horrible creature of the night. Um, <laughs> In case you forgot. Yeah. Because the show often forgets. He's straight up in di- daylight oh, all the time. Oh, we'll get to that. Um, but I think I think this might actually be like a scene or two before. But I love the line where um, Angel talks about there being demon hype, and it just makes me think like that's a funny phrase. Like, is there is there like vampire spin and werewolf double talk? Like <laughs> demons hyping themselves up. There's like a flavor flav demon. Yeah, everyone excited about the other demons. There's definitely that. It's a lot like Spike being like everyone calls himself Lestat and says they were at the crucifixion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says, I love you even if you're covered with slime. Oh, which we talked about earlier. Oh, <laughs> damn it. The next day at school, I'm really glad we have an explicit warning. That's Yes. <laughs> it's needed. The next day at school, the Scoobs are recounting last night's game. So the gang tries to spare Buffy from the fun she didn't have. But alas, the aspect shows itself. Oh. She can hear their thoughts. And like immediately my mind goes, oh, no. You're an attractive teen against a girl in high school. Oh, no. Oh, no. I didn't see. I didn't see that coming. But then once it starts, you're like, oh, yep. Yeah. Well, you've never been a teenage That's boy. That's true. I'm not. A I teenage. have been. I'm like, oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, honey, get out of there. Get out of there right now. That's actually really interesting that yeah. because you've had insider knowledge. No, like I, I and like still like once stress day, I have to be like, you you awful dirty what are you thinking <laughs> like but a teenage boy like that's all you're thinking about like it's yeah. very accurate the way they portray uh, uh xander in this where it's like oh this is a terrible thing to happen to you that's took me by surprise and yep. you're like nope accurate nope, nope that's that's gonna happen <laughs> who wrote this one uh i do not have that at my fingertips right okay. now okay i was I gonna say i wonder if it was a, it must be a male writer can't be jane can't be Marty. She is pretty, pretty with it. I will look that up right now. No, this was Jane Espenson. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. Although I do, I did in my research find out that um, there were a couple of bits. I don't think it was 
too much of the guy stuff. Um, but the speech at the end and the Othello scene uh, were uh, tweaked and rewritten uh, specifically by Joss Whedon. Okay. So yeah, but it's Jane Espenson because she's she's with it. She knows what's going on with the how horrible teenage boys are. So those demons didn't need mouths because they can read thoughts, and now <gasps> Buffy can too. Oh. That sounds like that would be a really cool power to have as somebody who's already a badass fighter. Yeah. Like you can just tell, you know, people would just mm-hmm. be thinking, of, I'm going to throw a jab now. <laughs> well, I'm not sure. I think a lot of fighting is more instinctual. I don't think people are like, and here goes Lefty. <laughs> and a right hook for you, good sir. <laughs> <laughs> so she's fighting like turn of the century handlebar mustached villains. <laughs> I feel like this is definitely how Shatner fought in Star Trek. Oh, yes. And uh, (laughs) left hook. And uh, right jab. (laughs) Take that, Gorn. So I like there's so much that she's getting in the hallway that just tickles me so much. My favorites include someday my pants are going to fall right off. Um, uh, and the fact that Snyder has walked like an Egyptian stuck in his head. Yep. It's uh and then, you know, the big surprise, teenage boys are gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I love the bit of the oh, she's so beautiful. Oh, I just smack her up against that locker and she's like, oh, I need oh to get God, away. It started so nice. I know, I know. It, went so and bad, it often so does, well. and then that's what happens. Teenage <laughs> boys. Do not get tele- telepathy around teenage boys. <laughs> Giles sees the tactical capability while Buffy wants to cheat in class. Yeah. And she is like full on cheating, not like, oh, I got called on. I guess I'll use my telepathy. She's like, boom, cheating, boom, cheating, boom, cheating. I'm now the teacher's pet. I got this. Uh, They're studying Othello. And of course, this becomes a metaphor for Buffy's conflict with Mm -hmm. Angel. Although I couldn't help thinking about somebody being full of a bunch of animated parrots. Yeah. (laughs) Because they use the term internal Iagos. Yeah. Uh, Sehuyago, who represents the darker side of, side of Othello, convinces Othello that Desmona has been unfaithful. Mm. Faith, representing the darker side of Buffy, convinces Buffy that Angel has at least wanted to be unfaithful. Yeah. Did they think about that when they were coming up with this, the arc for the season? Or is it just, I think it's just like a universal type of theme mm-hmm. that often presents itself in yeah. stories. But it's, it's interesting. Jealousy. Yeah, well, I it's mean, just interesting did... how well it mirrors. Yeah. Othello. Well, I mean, that that specific scene was one of the ones he rewrote. So mm-hmm. I think they, they said originally it was going to be something like King Lear or okay. Catcher in the Rye. So it wouldn't have been as directly related. But um, it is nice that they were able to find like, oh, what's a connection we can make to something we already have going on at this and part of the season. supernatural. It doesn't seem like forced like mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times I really that really bugs me, like back in the Mantis Lady episode mm-hmm. where it was like, oh, so they just happen to be on the Mantis unit right, right. now. Right. Yeah. Where this one feels like, oh, there's like a connection you can make, but it's not the, Super the play obvious. that's exactly about this situation. Yeah. If you're just watching the episode on a very superficial level, yeah. you don't it, yeah. it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with yeah. Buffy and Faith and you wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily care and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You can you can enjoy the episode fine without getting how this relates to the themes i would say that you should get it because it's cool good fans do you want to be a good buffy fan yeah. don't you or yeah. do you want to be one of the bad but i'm kidding slacker <laughs> all buffy fans are amazing yes we love you we give you uh internet hugs internet hug so buffy has the bright idea to read angel's mind asking about faith a lot 
Mm-hmm. But it's like a mirror. She can't see her reflection in Angel's brain. I feel like that's a line he uses just because it's like, listen, this is going to take forever to explain. It's like a mirror, okay? Whatever. I, I think the whole thing's weak. I feel like it was like the episode was like, we need to Buffy to be not be able to read Angel's mind. I feel like it's fine that like the rules for vampires would be different. But I don't like, get it just because like the two demons can read each other's minds, so it's not like it doesn't. Demons work are different from vampires. <laughs> like the, I mean, vampires are undead. Demons are still alive. So I, I, I would, I would have rather had it been not like the weird mirror thing. I think that is weak, but like something more along the lines of like, no, like I'm, I'm not alive in the same way as you are. I, you can't read my thoughts. I'm part of the. The curse of being a vampire. Like, I'm not, I'm not human. Like, make it, make it a little bit more of a showing how there's still like that distance between them, I think would have been the better way than that weird ma- mirror. mirror it creates yeah. a reflection in you. What? Yeah. That's, that's weird. weird. Well, yeah. And I think this is about the time of the episode where I really feel it starts to pick up when she's like got the powers and then she has this kind of scene mm-hmm. thing, despite the weird mirror metaphor. But like, this is where I feel like, okay, like the, the it's fire now. We're getting, yeah. So Buffy tells the gang about her gift. Uh, everything about the scene is perfect. Yeah, Cordy says exactly what she's thinking. I don't yes. see what this has to do with me. Yeah. Uh, I don't see what this has to do with me. <laughs> Oz, who says nothing, is having super deep philosophical thoughts. I do like that. That is clever. Yeah, especially because they set up in the past how smart he's, mm-hmm. like, how he's super smart. Just nobody knows it because yeah. he never talks yeah. and doesn't really care about school. Mm-hmm. Xander's trying to think about anything but sex yeah. and failing miserably. They forgot sex. Don't think about sex. Sex with Buffy. Uh, no. okay, uh, also, this is the first time I've noticed that his math is terrible. I've never paid attention to the math he's doing to think to oh, not yeah, think yeah. about sex and just oh he's trying to do math. And this time I was like, oh no, you're you're, you're failing. You're failing math, buddy. Yeah. And I find this interesting because I do the same thing if I'm really drunk mm. and I'm like in a situation where I'm like. Don't be drunk, which we'll face it is anytime I'm drunk, because anytime I'm drunk, I'm immediately embarrassed for being drunk. I can Mm -hmm. never enjoy it. I'm always self-shaming about like, how dare you drink that much, Kristen? So in order to try to be like, what's going to sober me up? Multiplication tables. Multiplication tables. I do them all the time. If I, not all the time, I don't drink that much. But if I do drink, (laughs) I always end the night by doing multiplication tables to sober myself up. And it does not work. I can do the multiplication tables like really high up and yeah. still be drunk as all fuck well, yeah because or maybe i like, just think i can and i'm so drunk yeah. <laughs> I think I'm doing 11 times 11 is two 11s <laughs> got it nailed it nailed it <laughs> <laughs> although i feel like that might be a thing where it's <laughs> the first time i can say <laughs> yeah I, that might be going on or the other thing that might be going on <laughs> is that that's just a different part of your brain where it's not even like you have to be like super cognizant that's just like reflex where it's just sure. like you know, like also because I've done it so many times when I've been drinking, especially in college. Yeah, you've trained point. yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just got that shit memorized now. It would be like um, this is a story I heard. Um, apparently, uh, when my brother was really little, my dad had apparently um, trained my brother to say the alphabet backwards because my brother was like really smart. Mm-hmm. But this was like a specific thing. It was like, hey, could you learn the alphabet backwards? And when you use it, it's kind of like not at a bar, but like a bar bet type thing where it's like, hey, I bet you my son could say the alphabet f- backwards faster than you. And he'd like make money off of it. Oh, really? It would be like in weird like social situations. Sure. This was the, the, the like 70s, 80s. It was okay at that time sure. to make bets involving your children. Yes. And bring them to bars. <laughs> I don't think it was at bars. Maybe it was. I don't know. 
It's it was a long time ago. That was okay then. It's fine. Yeah. Buffy escapes to the hallway where every student is dealing with their own problems. At mm. least now we're starting to work in yeah. that aspect of it. As the voices in the crowded cafeteria escalates, Buffy hears, This time tomorrow, I'll kill you all. Bum, bum, bum. And let us mention, so you can take a shot, we do see in the cafeteria scene, Jonathan. Jonathan. I thought you were going to say whatever the heck that band is that you love. Oh, it's very panic. I don't love that band. I just love that they're <laughs> randomly in the background. Sure. No, you... Well, I think in one of these episodes, there was a fish sticker. So I guess you could take a, a shot when you see that. Okay. So Buffy faints. When she wakes up, someone has the line, who hasn't thought about taking everyone out with the semi-automatic? No. Xander, yeah. But no. And I feel like in light of this episode, you have to cut that line. Yeah, yeah I mean, I don't know. Maybe that is something they, they might have cut in in uh, the first broadcast or something. I didn't see anything about it. But I, I, I understand that thought because there is a whole thing about like people idly having, you know, really inappropriate fantasies. Um, including violent fantasies. Um, and I think that is a, actually a fairly common thing for teenage boys. And I, guess, I mean, like, I, I think I've heard the argument that, like, that's healthy, that it's, mm-hmm. but just that it stays in a fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah, why, like, the same reason people like, you know, Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Violent video games. So it's like you can kind of purge that violent impulse without actually hurting anybody. Right. Um, there's actually this, uh, this is the part where this episode most reminded me of a really great, great Twilight Zone episode can't remember the name of it offhand um but it's uh stars dick york of bewitched fame and he basically the logic beyond how he gets this is very odd where because he throws change into some kind of like street change box for some guy uh, and it lands on the side instead of on the heads or tails somehow this makes him psychic for a day i don't know why that's kind okay. of like just let's sure. just get to the plot um so he's psychic and he um is overhearing everybody in his office and it kind of becomes a dilemma when he um, hears somebody saying that they're going to rob the, the the bank that he's working in the office of. Mm-hmm. Um, and he finds out eventually it's this old security guard. And he's like, oh, should I report him in? Uh, the, 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 the. And then he finally confronts the, the security guard. He's like, oh, no, I've had that. I've thought about doing that every day for the past 35 years. I just have this elaborate plan in my head. That I'm going to do it. And I, I never do. But, you know, it helps me get through the day. Hmm. And it was like kind of like, oh, that's really interesting. That's a really interesting way to take that story. And I feel like that that this is when that reminded me of that that idea of like, yeah, just hearing what people are thinking, you could get really terrible ideas. It's really like, what are they really thinking versus what is just going through their head? Mm-hmm. What would they act on? Right. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. The Scoobies make a list of everyone who is in the cafeteria they're going to check it against the FBI mass murderer profiles. Are these lines about school shootings added later? Do you know? Like when they start talking about like, it's boring and trendy at this point. Like, was this added after it was? After no, I, don't, I didn't see anything in, in my research, at least, that said that they added anything. Cause, and that also seems like a weird line to add, it being so flippant. I just, obviously they filmed this prior to yeah. Columbine. Prior to Columbine, I don't remember this being there were, a common occurrence. It happened, but there it were wasn't. a couple. And I, I don't know. I feel like it's the kind of thing where even before Columbine, you would have known what somebody was talking about, like a school shooting, but it wasn't like a huge thing. Yeah, like like it, it would be like a, a similar thing of like like a domestic terrorist attack. Like before nine eleven, like there were examples of things or like attempted things. The other attempt on the World Trade Center, for example, where like you know what it was and you could like. 
you could see somebody making a joke about it, like, oh, it's like so common these days, even though it hadn't really happened that much, but it was something that was very well publicized. So I, mm-hmm. I get it. I get where they're coming from with that. Although it becomes like weirdly prescient. Yeah. Once, yeah. At home, Joyce is nervous to be around Buffy because. <laughs> you want to say it? Do it. You had sex with Giles? On the hood of a police car? Twice? twice two times two times two times two times <laughs> oh two times i think one of my favorite moments of the whole series <laughs> so great oh, that it finally comes to bear and something i found out in my research is that jane espenson specifically put this in the episode because she was tired of people um she was tired of people not getting that they totally had sex Oh, they, she had people like the implication, her, yeah. Like, oh, did they have they sex? Out. Like, oh no, they didn't have sex. And people on like message boards or whatever. And yeah. she's like, no, like you guys didn't read that. Like, <laughs> the language of cinema says they clearly had sex. Nice. <laughs> um, I just think this is. I don't know. I just think it's great. I yeah. think it's great that Joyce doesn't want to be that she immediately mm-hmm. understands. Yeah. Oh no, I've been keeping a secret. Yeah. I can't be around you. <laughs> and it's the kind of thing where like if she hadn't immediately thought of it it might have never come into her head but once she did it's like i can't get that out of no, there now no, now i gotta go the scoobies question the people from the cafeteria supposedly for the yearbook yeah pretty pretty flimsy excuse hogan's too dumb cordelia's too blunt yeah and xander is still focused on sex yep giles and wes have a plan to cast a spell to heal buffy they need the heart of the second demon smash cut two angel fighting that demon in that same playground because apparently that's where that that like demon loves to hang out yeah he's just really into the um what's the one that spins around a record (laughs) not like a -a tilt-a-whirl but like a uh merry go round no what is that that thing thing called what is that thing i know there's a word for it Uh, but he jumps on and he goes go spinny that thing he jumps on he goes wee i'm all dizzy then he falls down. <laughs> and he does it again. And now he's sad because his friend can't do it with yeah. him. Aww. Well, maybe he's there he's, to mourn. He's on one side of a seesaw. Oh, no. <laughs> Hopping up and down by himself. Oh, it just poor no mouth demon. Aww. He's See, now he's cute. friend Kevin. <laughs> That's what we decided his name. Kevin. <laughs> side note. Giles calls Wes a burke. Which I had to look up. Oh, yes. <laughs> it is a British slang for a see you next Tuesday because it combines uh, Berkshire Hunt. Combines that, that into Berkeley one word. Hunt. According to, to Urban Dictionary, oh. it's Berkshire Hunt. My source said different. We're okay. going to have to talk to Cockney Rhyme Slinger. <laughs> uh, makes me want to say the word Burke all the time because no one's yep. going to know what I'm saying. Yep. And it's actually a really dirty word. And then somebody is going to know what you're saying and they're going to punch you fuck? right in the face. Um. It's interesting that they don't have to bleep that on television. Mm, yeah. Like, they obviously couldn't say see you next Tuesday. Yeah. But, like, because it's British slang that nobody's known, they can mm-hmm. totally say it. At school the next day, Gay Larry is out with gay no... Larry. It's big Gay Larry. Uh, he's super duper out and nobody cares. Yeah. Which, again, like, I like that moment for the character, but, it, again... It I want him could, to be happy. It. It's yeah. not that I, I want him to be picked on. I'm, yeah. You know, it makes me have faith in humanity to mm-hmm. think that, like in the 90s this kid could have been fine yeah. but you had i we, we did it i yeah. yeah 
So Freddie, remember, school newspaper guy, we forgot about mm. him because it doesn't matter, yep. is nowhere to be found. There is a part, uh, I think it's when they're looking for Freddie, where Oz walks by this poster, and I, I, I couldn't like tell on the, the screen what it was, but it would, somehow it had like a bunch of condoms on it. But like it, it looked like weirdly dark. Like it was an anti-condom poster. <laughs> I, just something about that poster. If you can watch this part of the episode again, and everybody at home, just pause that part of the episode and see if you can figure out that poster. Because that poster <laughs> vexed me. Like I spent the next five minutes of the episode, like kind of watching, but also being like, "What was that poster about?" It's explaining, like, isn't there like it specifically needs to be latex? It can't be, like aren't there different old school ones? They're like, don't use lambskin. That's bad. Well, you. I think lambskin basically only is around for people who are allergic to latex. But I think, I think there's like old ones that like, I feel like a while ago they were like, make sure it's either latex or lambskin and not blank. Paper. Paper. Don't do that. Nope. Uh, don't use a candy bar wrapper. Yeah. Paper bad. or plastic? Always go plastic. Uh, so Buffy's losing it. She can't shut out the voices. Aww. Angel arrives and feeds her the liquefied heart of the second demon. Okay. But just like a sip. She didn't need the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. It was like he made a, a big serving. Like he was going to have a party with it. <laughs> this is the scene where it's like, you are completely in daylight. Angel. Yeah. You are a hundred percent in daylight. There is a window that has sun pouring through it three feet away from you. You are yep. not in shadows. Nope. You are care. completely in daylight. Yep. Like, does it not count if you're on the second floor? No. And not like they, they dress it like when he runs into the house. Yeah. He runs in under like that blanket that for some reason always works at basically making, I mean, like it catches fire a little bit. Well, that, that I understand as a conceit because it's like you're not really super directly into it. There's like enough pouring through that it kind of sends you a little bit. But since you're not directly like skin hitting the sunlight, like you wouldn't get a sunburn from doing that. If you were like, okay, had a blanket fair. over you. Meanwhile, Jonathan has got a gun in the clock tower. So this made me really think of the 1966 University of Texas clock tower. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if that's on purpose, because I think they just happened to have a clock tower at the school that they shoot at. No, they had this built especially for the episode. Oh, they did? Okay, yep. I wonder why I didn't notice it before. Yeah, so yeah. they wanted that clock tower. No, yeah, they, it was a very specific. And I think it was partially because of that, and just also like... From just a logical standpoint, if if what we learn later isn't true, if you were going to be like taking out people with a sniper rifle, you would go to the high point, which would probably sure. be in a school. Oh, that's interesting. I was like, I never noticed the clock tower, but I'm sure it was always there. Oh, that's, no, no. That's it crazy. Wasn't. Um, and in fact, it's only in two episodes, this one and the finale. I was going to say, and it comes mm -hmm. back. Yep. Interesting. So it turns out Freddy was just dodging uh, the Scoobies because he gave the Dingoes a bad review. Wah, wah. waste of time an episode yeah. that could have used it more efficiently yeah i agree like this character it's just such a nothing character that we didn't need in this episode yeah. feels like a season one character i think you i think you could have used him better you yeah just if you had done more with him yeah yeah like i feel like either make this character stronger and say more or cut it out and make more time for things that actually matter in the episode because mm -hmm. i mean also the, the fact is we get a different red herring. Like he's like the first red herring. And mm -hmm. then as we are going to learn in a second, there's a second red herring. Um, Which I'm fine with. I like yeah. it when there's multiple, like when you're throwing me yeah. for a loop. But again, just work the theme of the episode yeah. in there. So it doesn't feel like you shoehorned it in later. Yeah. So it's, it, it serves more of a function than just like vaguely connecting to the ideas of the episode and being a red herring, but mostly just being yeah. a red herring. Mm -hmm. Is, is kind of lame. Also, um, the character reminds me a lot of uh, Dieter. So I figured now is the time on Sprockets when we editorialize. 
<laughs> I love Dieter. <laughs> Cordy finds a letter to the editor about the shooting from Jonathan. So back to Jonathan. Not to nitpick, but where the fuck did he get this gun? This doesn't look like a hunting rifle. This looks like a sniper rifle. I mean, it's, I mean, I feel like there's plenty of of gun collectors that would have that kind of gun because they think it's cool. That looks, I mean, I don't, my dad is a hunter, so mm-hmm. I grew up with guns, lots of guns yeah. in the house and seeing them constantly. Um, and I never saw a gun like this. Yeah, but I've, I mean, I feel like there's some gun collectors and it could be his like crazy uncle or something, or like this is the one he was able to find online. I feel like it's not so crazy of a gun. Like it is definitely like a sniper rifle that like, Seems more of like a combat weapon than like a hunting weapon for sure. Mm. But like that's it. It does like if it looked more like a hunting gun, it'd be like I see where you got that. Yeah. Or if it looked like a handgun, something that like mm-hmm. I buy that people have for home protection. Yeah. Although I mean, I mean, there are people who just have like weird gun- like I I have relatives who have like a Tommy gun and six shooters and then like five rifles that they don't use for anything but like okay. just collecting having cool and, guns yeah so like i could see that that being the case it's not i feel, I feel like if it was a little fancier like if i had like a laser scope or something then i'd start to be like hmm, it's a little much but i feel like it's just enough where it feels like okay i get how you might know somebody in your family or relative or friend who might have this gun because they think it's cool mm. and that's how you got your hands on it so buffy runs up a wall to stop him which is pretty cool parkour she tries to talk him down mm. from what she thinks he's his plan is to yeah. shoot students. Yeah. And he says, stop saying my name like we're friends. You all think I'm an idiot, a short idiot. Oh, it's so like that line really gets me because it's so specific. Yeah. Like that is the kind of thing you would say if you were Jonathan in high school. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure he hears people make fun of his height a lot. Yeah. I'm sure we've heard it and mm-hmm. I just can't think of a specific time now. Yeah. And Buffy res- Spawns that I don't think about you at all. Every single person down there is ignoring your pain because they're too busy with their own. Mm-hmm. So we discussed in out of mind, out of sight. And it, it, it's interesting. I think the parallels those episodes mm-hmm. have that we discuss that I often feel super ignored and invisible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is another episode that I think of and try to remember if I'm feeling, if I'm throwing myself a little pity party, but mm-hmm. like, it's not that someone's actively trying to exclude you or yeah. keep you out of things. They're not thinking about you because they're just dealing with their own shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that is an important thing to remind yourself. And I do like that message in this episode, especially in high school. I think it's super yeah. true where it's like, yeah, as as much as you might have your issues or anything, remember, as far as other go, people go, they have their issues too. Yeah. Like you can't blame them for for everything that's wrong in, in a relationship that you have with them or that you feel slighted in some way. Cause chances are it wasn't about you. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and that's a really cool message and a, and a good thing to remind yourself of when you're feeling kind of down on yourself or feeling neglected where it's like, yeah, but they're probably going through stuff that they have to deal with. They have yeah. other friends and they have financial issues. They work have family issues. stuff that you don't know about. Yeah. Yeah. They could have any number of things you don't know about that they're dealing with. They could have, you know, mental health issues that they're dealing with that you don't know about. Uh, they could have, you know, other medical conditions, 
yeah, uh, other other friends that you're not friends with who are having issues, and they're like, no, these these people take priority right now. Sorry, like can't hang out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's that's a really sweet message. Um, and I I do like how it is kind of blunt too. Yeah, where it's like it's not like I don't think about you at all. Yeah, like yeah, just that's I, true. It's I like it because it's not the message that I expected. Exactly. And you know, in usually this type of thing, you hear the like. I mean, the it gets better is a great message mm-hmm. um, or the idea of like, you know, bullies only pick on you because they're insecure mm-hmm. or that kind of thing. But just be, I mean, I think this is the most honest response I've ever yeah. heard of this. It's like, nobody's thinking about you. Yeah. They're not thinking you're stupid or you're lame or whatever. They're not thinking about you at all yeah. because they don't have room in their brain for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it it's actually weirdly inclusive in a way where it's like, nobody's thinking about you. Like, think about what you're thinking about all the time it's about like what you're going through yeah maybe you're like yeah like oh this person offended me but you're not really thinking about them you're thinking about how they're affecting you yeah that's how human beings you're not work. thinking about that person that you you know didn't realize you snubbed in the hallway because yeah. you weren't paying attention it reminds me a lot of and this is very tonally different but very similar message i just watched the first time i cannot believe it took me this long to get to it romeo and michelle's high school reunion yeah which is a fantastic movie and i love like one of the main messages of that movie is that like oh everybody made somebody else feel horrible in high school yeah <laughs> like, that's really sweet and cool where it's like yeah especially at that age but even in adult life there are times when you're going to do something offhanded mm-hmm. that you're not even going to remember a week later that is going to like ruin somebody's life in some way like not yeah. like they're going to like jump off a bridge but like they're, they're going to be like, upset about it that and, and be yeah. like that's going to be a thing they think about and be like upset mm-hmm. years later and then they're going to mention it to you and you're gonna be like wait i said what mm-hmm. the thing that i think out of mind out of sight did better though mm-hmm. is Again, just bring – just it was more cohesive. Yeah. You know, you had – as much as like I didn't really buy the whole Cordelia saying, even, you know, though I'm popular, no one really listens to me. I'm in a room. I feel alone. We need a moment like that. Mm-hmm. We don't have – we need to hear that from Freddie. I need to hear yeah. that from Larry. I need to – you know, I need to see Jonathan getting bullied earlier in this yeah. episode. Yeah. And the thing is, I feel like it almost felt like they thought all the – big chatter scenes where you hear stuff was going to be enough and it isn't because like you get the sense of when you're hearing everybody you hear negative things but it doesn't really hit home until you like see a specific example of like somebody going through something like mm-hmm. and it would be so easy to highlight that when you're having these celebrity thoughts and then you like focus in on one and you see yeah. like you can visually see what you're hearing them thinking of like oh this is somebody being mistreated or ignored or I had no idea this person that I barely know yeah. was going through such Mm-hmm. so much shit yeah and not ju- i mean like it, i get it it's funny to be like all the guys are thinking about sex yeah but yeah to hear more distraught thoughts mm-hmm. i mean you do I mean, you get little clips of like a girl saying that she hates her body yeah. um and that kind of thing but i needed bigger issues than just i'm thinking about sex and mm-hmm. you know i didn't finish my math homework or something yeah and and make it more of a because everything seems like it could have been in a montage. Like, make it more of, like, a, a real specific, like, I am watching this thing, and this is, like, a little scene, a little vignette of somebody's mm-hmm. life, and hearing what they're thinking, making that impact you more. Yeah. Like, Where, oh, my God, I had no idea. Yeah, it's mostly used, like, occasionally there'd be, like, a little snippet of, like, oh, that sounds sad. Or, oh, that's funny. But you don't dwell on anything long enough for it to have impact. Yeah. Earlier on. Or even, I mean, like, I'm thinking about something like, you know, Freddie lashes out because 
he's insecure or because the popular kids mm-hmm. don't include him or like we don't actually see him get bullied, but they don't yeah. include him in their reindeer games. If you're hearing his thoughts about how upset he is about mm-hmm. like these, I don't like these popular kids, but then you also hear the thoughts of one of the popular kids really upset about something Friday said in the newspaper yeah. and their feelings are That hurt. would make that point so much better than they kind of half make it where it's like, oh, but you're saying mean stuff in the paper. Yeah. It just feels like it, it tra- that whole Freddy arc just feels like it trails off. It starts off kind of trailing in and trails right off too. Yeah. So it turns out Jonathan uh, was going to turn that gun on himself. Again, I'm going to nitpick on the gun here. That is a huge ass gun. I mean, it's, it's probably the weird... only one you could get get a hold of. It's it's just, it's just such a weird thing to be like. I went to the clock, like especially just in light of the University of Texas yeah. shootings. I'm going to go to a clock tower in school with a giant gun, but I don't really worry. I'm going to use it on myself. It was yeah. weird. It was weird. Yeah. I mean, maybe if they did something that like ha- give that more meaning to him specifically, it would have felt a little more natural than like obviously this is a fake out for the audience like you have a sniper rifle with a sight on which you do not need if you're turning a gun on yourself yeah he screwed the sight on yeah yeah Yeah. i mean i guess he's a completionist (laughs) i get it i get it i do that (laughs) i don't screw sights on guns but i i feel the need to complete things and i do i I do like it's very sweet the the moment where uh i forget who says it first but like i could have taken the gun by now um Mm -hmm. and she's like i know I know. And it's, I feel like that, I like that sweetness in that scene too. Yeah. No, Buffy says, you know, I could have taken that by yeah. now. And Jonathan says, I know. And she goes, but I'd rather you give it to me. Yeah. I think that's a very sweet way to yeah. end that. I agree. So coincidentally, Xander goes looking for Jello in the school kitchen and sees lunch lady Doris pouring rat poison into the mulligan stew. I, I really love that it's, Xander's teenage id behavior, which previously the episode has just been, I think that's kept him out of the action, is what finally gets him to like save the day. Yeah, I also like that it was kind of like I'm I'm calling it the Mulligan School because Stu, because earlier in this episode they make it like you know I bet Lunch Lady Doris is finally gonna. I always said she's gonna do us in with that Mulligan stew. Nah. What's the Mulligan? And nah. so it's actually she's mm-hmm. doing it. Uh, she comes after Xander with a meat cleaver. Uh, Buffy easily fights her off. Yeah, she's, she's a lunch lady. She's gone crazy. <laughs> the next day, everything's back to normal, except Jonathan's in real mild trouble. Yeah, for bringing a gun to school, even if it's to like hurt himself, like that's pretty. I'm mild. sorry, you're expelled. Yeah, like you're expelled and in jail. Yeah, well, well, maybe like expelled in like an in a mental institution, like on watch because you try to kill yourself. Sure. But I mean, he's he's a minor or like maybe just barely turned 18 and like in high school. I feel like if he ha- if he didn't actually do it, just brought it, most likely he would be expelled and put in like some kind of mental institution care. Still seems like a weirdly short timetable for him to go from like, I was about to shoot myself to being back in class. Yeah, by prom, he's giving yeah. a speech. Yeah, it's like, uh, really? Yeah. So Buffy and Giles are going to train, you know, if you're not too busy having sex with my mother. Uh, then he walks into a tree, which Anthony Stewart had improvised. Go as ASH. I know. That's awesome. I love it. It's just like the perfect little button to the to the episode. And yeah. I like how with like the lunch lady and then this part, they kind of like, you know. you We you, need to come up from the, yeah. the low note. You need to like. Okay, I like release the tension a little bit, have like kind of a, a funny uh, uh, climax with the lunch lady and then a nice denouement with the whole like, you had sex with my mom thing. It's a nice way to depressurize. Yes. 
So two fun facts about this episode before awesome. like the overall stuff. Sure. This is the first and only scene where Wes and Joyce ever meet. They're never in the same room again. They come over with the yeah. demon heart. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He's in the background. Yeah. Okay. That's the only time they're ever in the same room. Interesting. They never meet anywhere Conspiracy else. theory. They're the same person. What? <laughs> so is it is it Christine Sutherland in like heavy uh, dude makeup that's also married to Alison Hannigan? Or is it Alexis Denisov who's in lady makeup, like is living a double life, also being married to Alison Hannigan? Gender is a construct. <laughs> that does not answer my question. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, so the other fact. This is the last time Angel is in Buffy's house. Oh, ever? Yeah. Ever, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So there's there's a lot of momentous things that happen in Buffy's house this episode. Mm. So what's the lesson in Earshot? You feel invisible because you are. Mm-hmm. Everybody is. Yeah. Everyone's too busy worrying about their own troubles to worry about you. It's mm-hmm. not personal. Yeah. Which I think is a really healthy way to look at because yeah. a lot of other things that you tell somebody who's on that kind of like edge feel like almost too positive in a way for it to be effective. It's not necessarily realistic. It sound they sound like platitudes. Yeah. But yeah, this I, I think this is it's not a message I think I've heard anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And I think it's super accurate. Yeah. And I, and I do think that it is helpful. I feel like this is a message that could reach people that other similar like things you might say it would be harder to reach them. So mm-hmm. it's nice that this message is out there in some form. Right. So final thoughts on Earshot. I was a freshman when mm-hmm. Columbine happened. Yeah. Um, so you must have been in junior high. Yeah, somewhere is in there. I, I feel like if you were an adolescent, a preteen mm-hmm. or a teenager at that time, that, that tragedy had a very scary mm-hmm. effect on us. At least it did yeah. for me. I was convinced it was going to happen mm-hmm. at any given time in my school. Yeah. And they, you know, there was a big deal at my school. They chained all the doors and mm-hmm. locked us in and disabled the payphones. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, This episode kind of creeps me out knowing mm-hmm. the backstory of it. Yeah. Whatever was brewing in our culture at mm-hmm. that time must have been in the air enough that we kind of had a sense of we're in a bad place. Yeah. Um, that teenagers today are in a bad place. And again, this isn't necessarily a modern mm-hmm. problem. You know, yeah. I mentioned the 1966 mm-hmm. University of Texas. There was Kent State yeah. was a huge one. If you want to like lose your faith in humanity, don't look at the Wikipedia article that lists school shootings because I definitely did. Yeah. And oh boy. Yeah. And even before that, there were all sorts of like weird mass killing incidents before like people started using guns, which made them even worse. Sure. And then there's definitely something so much worse when it happens in a school mm-hmm. because it's supposed to be the safe place for mm-hmm. children and every, it's yeah. so much worse when children are involved. And yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I remember a lot watching like the, the nudes news coverage. It was probably one of the first things that I remember consciously like watching TV to find out what was going on. Mm -hmm. Like there was definitely times where I know stuff was on all the time. Like I remember my mom watching the OJ trial and that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but it was one of the first times that I remember like, Oh, I need to find out what's happening with this. Mm -hmm. And actually as much as like, it's, it was very upsetting at the time. What I remember being more upset about was kind of like the backlash afterwards where it felt Mm -hmm. like it almost felt like everyone was looking at teenagers as if they were all potential murderers, which 
Yeah. Was like, and there was a bit of a witch hunt going on with the outcast. Yeah. Like you're yeah. already outcast. Yeah. And then. And how everyone in a, in a trench coat or that played mm-hmm. Doom was all of a sudden like, like one step away from, you know, grabbing a gun and killing people. Yeah. It, it felt like, like, no, like a really terrible thing happened, but like you're, a, you're going after the wrong things. Like you should be mm-hmm. looking at like trying to fix culturally what would lead a kid to thinking this is a good idea and not having any way to let out this frustration or get the mental health care they might need. Or if you even wanted to go like the route of like, we need to make schools more secure. That makes more sense to me than going after like pop culture and kids that look different. That's like, no, that's yeah. that kind of stuff would, I feel like in some ways only encourage people mm-hmm. to like become more angry and frustrated and apt to be violent. I think SMG was very astute Mm -hmm. in saying that it's possible. Like, I understand the creators not wanting to feel that they were exploiting this tragedy. But I I think maybe we did need stuff like this to heal because Mm -hmm. no one knew what to do. Yeah. So we did a lot of wrong things. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of um, censorship that Mm -hmm. shouldn't have happened. There was a witch hunt atmosphere. And I think that to some degree that still happens. Unfortunately, this is still going on. We still, mm-hmm. we're getting more and more of these and uh, we haven't yet cracked the solution. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we're getting closer. Yeah. But I, I don't think it ever hurts to have some kind of artistic entertainment way of expressing those things that are happening. I, and I think that pop culture can play a strictly entertainment role. Mm-hmm. I think, um, and obviously I think this because I'm the person that really likes talking about the lesson of each episode. I also think that it is a very useful way to teach lessons. It's the purpose of telling stories since we were cavemen and that's Mm -hmm. how you teach your kids. This is how you share and this is how you are polite to your Mm -hmm. friends and that kind of thing. Run away Um, from bears. Do that. But all these tales that we know are the genesis of pop culture and the mm. idea of this is why we tell stories to learn lessons, to share opinions and stuff. And so I think that episodes like this, while if they're done incorrectly, can feel very insincere and mm-hmm. PSA ish and yeah. very those eighties. If you were someone, you know, blah, blah, which maybe they ran after this episode. I feel like they probably yeah. did. They still can help. Yeah. And I say that as someone who has felt invisible mm-hmm. and often finds just a little bit of, just a little bit of comfort. In yeah. episodes like this, the fact that they exist, knowing that you're never alone. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's an important episode. And even as much as like we, I did have, and you as well, had some issues with sure. the structure of the episode. Starts off kind of weak. I think it really does nail the landing in the end. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it makes it a very important episode. And there are some great moments. I mean, the, the speech at the end, as we've talked about, is fantastic. And I think mm-hmm. really a great thing to be out there in the world. Agreed. So, would you perhaps be ready to go international? Buffy Tapaja, Vampirite. Ernie Dragon, Das Rhined Fleisch Canoe. Future Rifle International. For enemies, these actually I feel like are really solid names that I think would have been fine. Treason, which is kind of cool. That's the French sure. uh, title. I like that. And then German, Dangerous Games. Kind of like mm. that too. And then for Earshot. The French title, I feel like it's a little too wacky, at least in translation, is Inside Voices. Uh. Get it? Um, (laughs) 
Get it. Your face right there. Get Uh, it. The Portuguese is a little wonkier. The reach of the voice, which really, in a post The Voice TV show world, (laughs) sounds very different. Mm, Fair. Um, And then the German title, I feel like. Maybe this is a concept that's more important in Germany, but just the the title is Foreign Thoughts. There's some like something these thoughts. There's something like They're not yours. That's I mean they're they not yours. Foreign, they're but, foreign to you. I don't know. Sounds like a weird way to phrase it to me. Uh, sure. I think foreign thoughts was the most oddball right. this time around. Now it's time to celebrate Buffy's badassery with this week's Slay of the Week. Low kill count. Yeah. Thankfully. Yeah. Um, especially <laughs> after a shot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, could the, the Slay of the Week be the ones that didn't happen? Sure. So, Jonathan. Um, oh, no. Don't. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, it's the anti-Slay of the Week. Um, but mine would have to go to, because I think it's the it's one of the very few uh, deaths in um, either episode, really, is uh, Skyler. The, uh, That's why you looked up the his Tony. name. When you, yeah. The second you knew his name, I'm like, I know who your Slay of the Week is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Skyler, the uh, uh, little toady demon, uh, just because it is the most interesting kill of the week. And I think it actually serves a cool story function of mm-hmm. being like another example of Faith, like trying to be ruthless, but still not really having all of that in her quite mm-hmm. and struggling with the the kind of two halves of her personality the one that that wants to be kind of carefree and aggressive and completely driven by her id and then her kind of conscious still being there gotcha i also like that one because i feel anytime you can take a demon that looks like a demon Mm -hmm. and make him not evil and just kind of like another member of society i get a kick out of it just think of this whole community of other species Mm -hmm. that exist um i'm gonna go with second no mouth demon because I think the the angel fight is pretty kick ass, mm-hmm. and I like that. And I, I like the line later where she goes, "Well, he fed me uh, the heart of demon, and then we talked, and I felt better about it." Um, I, so th- we get that line yeah. because he he killed that demon. For I her. was thinking about that, but I was like, "You don't really see the kill there." So yeah, I, that's why I didn't go that. But that is an awesome line, and I do like the the uh, the glowy uh, demon blood. It's yeah. pretty cool. Thank you for tuning in to the Sunnydale Stacks. Please like us on Facebook. Look for us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunnydale Stacks to ask us questions or share your own opinions and memories about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The Sunnydale Stacks is a part of the 27th Letter Productions Network. Look for our sister podcast, Hey Do You Remember? And join us next time when we dust off choices and the prom when we get lost in the Sunnydale Stacks. Mic drop! Ah!